The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 132. What skill sets do you need to pursue a career in the insurance sector of the sports industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports business. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Jim Rainford. Jim is a sports insurance specialist at Miller Insurance, where he specialises in providing career-ending insurances for professional athletes. For that reason, I'm really fascinated about Jim's line of work, and it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Jim will share his sports career journey and explain to you how important insurances are for elite athletes within the sports industry. Jim, it's great to have you on the show. Please could you share your sports career journey to listeners. When did it all start? Yeah, thanks, Ed. Um, pleasure to be here as well, and, and thanks for having me. I mean, to be honest, it, it does actually feel like a really long time ago now. I mean, I finished university, and like a lot of students, I wasn't quite ready to to settle down straight away. And I'd always kind of promised myself that I'd do a bit of travelling, and along with two of my best friends, we decided to to save some money and and you know plan to plan to go travel the world. Before I could do that, of course, I needed a job, and uh, through an ex girlfriend at the time, started working for a, for a small insurance broker in Manchester. It was purely just a administrative and, and filing role, to be honest. And like I say, it was just a stopgap um, to raise that money for me to go traveling. I was, in fact, fortunate, though, that they did happen to, to be involved in the, in the sports industry uh, and obviously more so on the, the sports insurance side, um, which you know, initially got me interested in, into that, that area within, within the sports industry. So I made sure that, you know, I made an impression when I was there over over a six month period, um, so that I'd have an option potentially of you know knocking on their door, so to speak, and and seeing if I could get a full time position when I returned from travelling. Um, I mean, fortunate really because I was kind of in that um, peak recession time as well uh, when this was all going on. So, you know, it, I was kind of sceptical about even getting a job. Um, at first, um, but I was lucky to to be offered a position within the insurance broker when I when I returned from travelling, and it was a great opportunity really for me at the beginning of my career. Um, I was as I was given a lot of autonomy to just do my own thing and and meet as many people as possible from a young age. So three years from having started in that position. I then moved to Aon, which um, I'm sure most of the listeners will be familiar with, with it being such a large company. That was as a result of being headhunted 
And yeah, I mean, Aon was a great company to work for. And I think for me, it's where I really honed my development, my, my learning skills and, and reputation, I guess, over the, the four years that I was working with them. Um, it's probably worth saying that, you know, big organizations like Aon, uh, they are very good at putting a lot of effort and emphasis into an individual's learning and development. Uh, similarly, I met a lot of interesting and useful people, both internally and externally with the role. And, and yeah, I really enjoyed my time working there. Plus, being a United fan obviously helps that, you know, with Aon sponsorship arrangement, I got a lot of free United tickets on the back of, on the back of working there, which is obviously a great perk. And then as of 18 months ago, I joined Miller. And this is a result of a transition and a number of colleagues and I leaving um, what was Aon to set up a, a specialist sports and entertainment team uh, within Miller. And now we're at a position where we are the, you know, the biggest uh, sports insurance team in the UK sports insurance market. So that's, yeah, that's where we're up to today. Jim, I find this really interesting, but unfortunately, I've got to go back in time really quickly. Could you explain to listeners what you've done at university? Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah. So when I was at university, I did international business degree, four-year course, which involved a year abroad in California. Great experience, to be honest. Um, not only just being an Englishman in America, but also you know, to get a, a different perspective on the, the business world, if you like, and how that kind of operates in America. I mean, the degree itself, you know, elements of it have kind of helped me in my role today, certainly from a cultural uh, point of view and what I learned um, with culture and business. But yeah, I, I just always found the, the business world uh, very interesting, but knew that I had to do something in a business environment, which, which involves sports as well. And just from your time when you decided to do like a gap year or get, you know, travel the world, this is a really great point you mentioned right at the beginning. Could you explain to the listeners how that bit of traveling supported you reflecting? Because really quickly, I went to a university, uh, Worcester University, and I had a chat with them and I spoke very similarly to what you said. You know, when I graduated, I didn't really fancy traveling. I wanted to get my career going. But out of interest, how did that bit of traveling supported you reflecting now with regards to the work you're doing? Traveling's, you know, a great eye opener. It's it's great socially, first and foremost, but it enables you to meet so many different people from, you know, different types of backgrounds and of course different countries as you as you travel in the world. And, you know, I look at my role now and I look at football obviously it's such a global um, platform that it enables me to interact I think better with with people from different countries and and backgrounds as a result of the you know the kind of travel experiences that I've encountered I'd definitely recommend it to anyone I mean I guess at my stage in uh, in life at that time it, like I say it was kind of peak recession uh, period so it was almost a given that I should go traveling because you know, chances in the job market were were relatively slim, albeit I had done some experience and, and made an impression at that first insurance broker I was working for. I just felt, you know, now's a good good time to go away, you know, explore uh, explore the world and broaden my horizon, so to speak, and definitely put me in better stead, you know, having done that. And there's, there's almost that kind of no regrets mentality 
Um, because I think if I hadn't have done that, you know, I might be kicking myself now and thinking, you know, why why didn't I experience something like that? Jim, thank you for sharing that. And just looking at the sports industry as a bigger picture now, relating to your career, have you seen the sports industry develop from an insurance perspective? From an insurance perspective, you know, it's massive, really. Like, it seems to be an ever-increasing investment uh, into the game. And, you know, specifically, that's within younger talent as well. I mean, you look at what some of the younger players are getting paid now, and their salaries are just, you know, quite simply astronomical compared to, say, what the younger lads might have received, say, five or ten years ago. And there's a massive investment into into clubs, academies now to produce that next best talent. And, you know, of course, money, money talks. And, you know, that extends to, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds being paid so much money for a Premier League club, say, to, to keep them there. Interestingly, actually, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a stat released over the weekend, and that was to do with uh, Man City's academy and how many players that you know they'd um, you know sold over, say, a five-year period, and how much money they'd raised. And it just shows you, you know, investing into that talent, you know, the, the gains that you can you can get from it. Um, relating that back to insurance, I mean, with what we do. Um, obviously, a younger player, if they're earning so much money from a young age, they, you know, they have a higher potential loss of earnings. Um, and from an insurance perspective, it's it is of paramount importance, really, that that individual covers themselves, you know, from a young age to make sure that due to their earnings potential, they're they're fully protected. I think the other thing I'd say, again, just developing my point on the the younger talent uh, within the game, is that, and this is something that excites me because it's great to see the younger British talent, you know, moving abroad now to gain opportunities. Places like Germany and Holland in particular, we've worked uh, quite heavily in and helped, you know, players the, uh, with their insurance in terms of the contracts that they're putting in place out there. The lads that are obviously going out there are going to get more game time and, and develop. And, you know, I think it's a positive trend really to see younger British talent move in and, and getting more opportunities. Again, putting that, relating that to, to what I do on a day-to-day basis, it just means that we're liaising more with uh, European clubs uh, across Europe and, and agents, really, to ensure that you know these young lads are, are fully protected and that they have the right insurance cover in place um, you know, relating to, to what their contract stipulates. Jim, I find this really interesting. It really does sort of relate to today's main podcast topic. For the listeners who want to really explore this from a career perspective, what skill sets do you need to work in the insurance sector of the sports industry? For me, really, I I kind of almost live by a motto that, you know, you should work hard, uh, firstly. It's very important. Uh, Be nice and and have fun with, with what you're doing, really. So, you know, it's it's quite simple when when I just say it like that. But it's very powerful as well at the same time. And I think ultimately transferable skills are, are very important. Um, relating that to insurance, you know, the insurance world, uh, like many other um, industries, it, it is ever-changing. And in particular in the sports industry, again, you know, it's, it's ever-changing. So you need to be able to adapt with with what's coming and, and you know, kind of uh, stay on top of future trends. Um of course, in insurance, there are you know learning requirements and, and qualifications that you will also need as well. But I think most of the 
the technical side of insurance, it's you know, it's easy enough to learn. You know, when I first started and decided that I wanted to pursue a career in, in sports, if you like, I've kind of thought, well, you know, insurance wasn't, you know, the kind the kind of main avenue that I wanted to go down. I think it, you know, I'd had that experience at the broker, but I thought, well, like any young lad really, it's like, well, how do I get into sports management and maybe do I want to become a football agent because you know, that's going to be great for me and, you know, it will be a kind of sexier side of the, the industry and it will earn me loads of money and it all sounds great. But the reality is, is that the the agency game is such a ruthless and, and difficult business to do well in that, you know, it kind of turned me off it and, and I've never went into player representation at all and, and just saw my career developing more on the professional services and, you know, insurance side. And I think, just going back to what I was saying then, those transferable skills, you know, uh, are really, really powerful and it's and it's important to be adaptable. Would you mind explaining to the listeners the work you're currently doing at the moment, just from an insurance perspective, if that's okay, with regards to the work you do with the elite athletes you work with? Yeah. So I guess my main role is uh, insuring professional sports people and, and for the most part that is uh, footballers, albeit we do work um, with rugby players, cricketers, golfers, tennis players, um, really any kind of individual sports person um, we can we can work with from an insurance perspective, but on a large part, it does tend to be with uh, football players. So we put in place what is known as a personal accident and illness insurance policy, um, more commonly kind of referred to in the game as career-ended insurance for, for obvious reasons in that it would look to pay out you know, should an individual's career prematurely end due to due to injury or illness, um, the type of insurance policy that we put in place it just marries up with an individual's playing contract, really. So, again, it surprises me how many um, you know people within the within the game within the industry aren't aware that you know contracts aren't guaranteed a lot of the time. You know, players think that, oh, I'm signing a, a four-year, a five-year deal for a club. I'm getting paid X amount a week. And, yeah, I'm sorted now for the next four or five years. But, sadly, the you know, it doesn't work like that. You're, you as a player, you're essentially an asset to the club. So, you know, if something happens to you and you'd, you'd have to prematurely end your career, you know, the, the club will have a clause in the contract to state that they're not going to pay you out in full. Um, so obviously we put that policy in place to make sure that you know should the unthinkable happen, um, the player is protected, you know, and the, you know any kind of potential loss of earnings is covered. Um, put that into numbers, we work with approximately 650 footballers worldwide. Um, a large part of those uh, players are in the the Premier League and the Championship, but we will work with players all the way down to you know League Two and even in the Conference. Just anyone really who's got an insurable interest and a, and a playing contract in place. Um, as I alluded to before, we're working more in uh, in and around Europe, you know, with some of the big clubs and agencies out there. And yeah, it's just um, protecting the individual, if you like, you know, giving him that that safety net. That's that's my role in a nutshell, if you like. 
I think this is brilliant because I've done many podcasts with a few athletes and one topic that comes up is about safeguarding and I think this is fantastic. Out of interest, with the responses you've got from the athletes you work with, do they feel having that safety net, they, it gives them the access to perform better, if that makes sense on the pitch? Yeah, I think so. I just think that, you know, a lot of the lads that I speak to, it becomes, you know, more important or more of a concern, if you like, when they start to have dependence. And, you know, if if I'm playing professional football, playing at a quite high level and, you know, I'm now married and I've got a couple of kids, a lot of the lads that I speak to, you know, they're mindful that, you know, should the worst case happen, it's not just them that's going to suffer. It's, you know, the wife and children. And I've seen this more as a trend, particularly with a lot of South American players that we deal with, you know, families, you know, very important to them. And it's it's making sure that they've got cover in place, not to protect themselves, but also those the, those around them so that they can sort the financial affairs out, you know, should this should this type of scenario happen. I mean, in terms of performance on the, the pitch as well, I don't know if the the player will think, all right, I'm going to go harder into this tackle because I've got an insurance policy in place. It's so if something happens, um, you know, I can kind of fall back on that. But I do know that you know the lads that have suffered serious injuries, say an ACL rupture, for example, you know, there's the kind of peace of mind that, all right, well, I've already got my insurance in place. So you know, worst case scenario, worst worst case scenario is that at least I'm I'm protected. But Having said that, I've also seen it on the other side where, you know, guys haven't been insured. They've then sustained a serious injury or illness for that matter. And, you know, then they're, they're not in a good place as a result. Um, and they're almost kind of, they feel the pressure and that they have to get back. And there's stress associated to it as well because they've not got anything to protect them should, you know, should they not stop playing. I think at this point, it's probably worth pointing out as well that what we do, it's not mandatory for for every player to put insurance in place you know it, it is at their own obligation um clubs will advise that they should protect the contracts but you know it's like i say it's not mandatory and, and the player doesn't have to do it so it's from an education point of view it's it's important that you know we're regularly speaking to to agents players parents of players to make sure that they're fully informed as to as to what we're doing Jim, that is fantastic. I really do appreciate you sharing that information just then. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently? Recently, I mean, um, good time really because I've been pretty busy as a result of the, the January transfer window. I mean, for me personally, it wasn't the most exciting transfer window. It tends to be one of those windows historically where a lot of loan uh, deals do happen. Having said that, there are also a lot of contracts uh, going in place, a lot of contract extensions as well for younger players. And um, yeah, obviously a lot of players still still moving. So from my point of view, yeah, I've been in regular contacts with, with numerous clubs and agents to to marry up that insurance policy to protect any of their, their players' contracts going in place. Again, going back to the younger talent, some of them, have signed kind of first professional deals this window or, you know, signed more lucrative deals with clubs and it's it's getting around them to make sure that they've got the, the right amount of cover in place as well. I find this really interesting and I'm really enjoying this podcast chat. Just on a personal note, Jim, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career looking back right now? Um, I think probably the, the travel element, to be honest with you, Ed. I mean, 
obviously I've I've talked about you know before I started uh, in you know my career if you like that I did some traveling anyway so it is an interest of mine you know through the job working with different players agents and clubs you know not just in Europe but around the world I find that um, really interesting I mean every country is is governed differently and this of course extends to the way that, that football is also run in each country as well as a result of that the, the contracts that go in place differ as well in each country so there are very few countries across the world where they will guarantee the playing contract we have to work closely with the clubs the players the agents to, to really you know determine what type of cover and what level of cover they need to put in place and, and I just find that interesting to see how, how it works and again really it's just culture and football in in general and and how different people interact with you and and give you different perspectives on how things should be done within the game and you know, and, and meeting these these people, I, I find it really interesting. I think you've highlighted a really important point. It's something I've discovered throughout this podcast journey that particularly football, I have to say, understanding different cultures is vital, especially from a business perspective. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who are discovering their career passion in the sports industry? Going back to what I was saying before, really, and that, you know, keep an open mind on it. I've actually chatted to students in the past from uh, UCFB, and I'd say, you know, four out of the five students that I've talked to, you know, the first kind of response to, you know, do you know what you want to do is, oh, yeah, I want to get into sports representation or sports management. And, you know, again, like I said before, I think that was first on my mind in the you know, how do I become a football agent? That's what I want to do. It's going to be great and earn me loads of money. But, you know, there are so many different aspects of, you know, of sport and and services into sport, you know, that you can get involved with. And I think it's really just finding finding your niche. Um, I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a very restless person as well. So I knew that going into any job, really, it'd have to be something that, that I have an interest in you know and I've always been very passionate about sport and football in particular so I guess I need I knew that I had to pursue a career you know in that uh, in order to to be the most successful that, that I can be. Jim that is great I really do hope the listeners take that on board how can people interact with you online? Uh, yeah quite simply really I mean I'll give my email address out that's that's no issues in and that's jim.rainford at miller-insurance.com people want to contact me directly on that that's absolutely fine uh, i'm also fairly active on twitter uh, my twitter handle is at jim rainford 11 so again if people want to tweet me or interact on that and yeah just type my name into to linkedin as well um, you know connect with me on that and i guess you know not just from connecting with me if anyone's interested in finding a bit more uh, about the company in terms of what we do you know across not just sports but in, within entertainment as well um, they can go onto the company website again quite simply just type uh, Miller Insurance into Google and you know you'll be able to access that. That is great to all the listeners listening in all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Jim it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today thank you very much. Thanks Ed cheers mate. What a really interesting podcast chat from Jim. 
Firstly, I found Jim's career journey really fascinating with regards to how he is working in such a very niche industry, but a very important one as well with regards to how insurance has an impact in the sports industry, especially with regards to elite athletes, that they're protected during their career, that if there are any incidences from an industry perspective, that they're covered. And I think this is really important in today's society, in elite sport that anything can happen now and understanding the fundamentals of athletes being protected is very important but from a career perspective now I hope you've taken on board all those career tips with regards to pursuing a career in the sports industry if it's something you really want to do put yourself out there and just take on board what these experts like Jim have done and apply it to your sports career adventure today make it happen and good luck now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Jim said, there are so many different aspects in working in the sports industry and the services into sport. The key is about finding your own niche. 